This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Paul Stone and Bruce Marshall as one game remaining in Houston for the national championship game. It will be the Pac-12's last game. We were wondering when it would be the last game. So, Caleb DeBoer and the Huskies go in the Superdome and take care of uh, Texas and then hold on for dear life uh, at the end. Should not have been uh, that close at the end, but uh, there you go. And then also Alabama, Michigan. Um, this is when you have a lot of great athletes on the field. Uh, you can have some sloppy play. It's um, it uh, it was choppy. It was um, it was, but it was a lot of really good players. But with that being said, not not one of Saban's uh, more talented teams. He got a lot out of them, but in the end, uh, the inability for the 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 lack of trust in Jalen Milrow's arm cost the uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide a chance to tie it up in overtime. Uh, Paul, first you, what's your 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 thoughts, initial thoughts of what we saw in these two semifinal games? Yeah, I tell you, it's, it's been, uh, you know, you look at the previous nine years of the 14 college football playoff, and even though we had two close games last year uh, at the end of the 2022 season in the college football semifinals, uh, the uh, previous nine years in those 18 semifinal games, only four of those games decided by six points or fewer. So we have it become at least somewhat accustomed uh, to non-competitive games. Uh, but last night's uh, game certainly uh, delivered uh, down to the final play dramatics. And, and you know, it, it was uh, especially the Washington-Texas game, uh, Kalen DeBoer's uh, head-scratching decision, uh, the way that they handled the clock, mm-hmm. not only not kneeling but um, and running Dylan Johnson into the Texas defense, risking getting stripped, but now he's hurt and they're possibly without their 1,100-yard rusher. But equally as concerning, on my, uh, from my point of view, uh, the uh, decision to throw the ball on third down by Washington the previous drive. You know, at some point, you got to kind of quit that narrative of we are who we are, we do what we do. You've got to put that down and, and make the clock your ally. But that's what makes it uh, sports so special, the fact that we're flawed as human beings. We sometimes make uh, head-scratching decisions and what great football and just what a uh, interesting, you know, contrast of styles that we have coming up in this Michigan-Washington championship game on Monday in Houston. I would anticipate this Michigan team to try to keep the ball out of the hands of Michael Penix Jr. I don't think that's any great revelation, but uh, Michigan only averaged in their games a total of 122 offensive plays a game. So I think they want to do something um, of that uh ilk in this particular matchup so just a uh, man just a great uh, a great matchup um i hope that johnson can play for um, washington so that we'll have both teams at, at full strength and we get these two teams again in nine months october 5th at husky stadium when washington hosts michigan 
in Big Ten play, as odd as that sounds. <laughs> so, like Big Ten, yeah, Big Ten play. I'm confused by all the realignment, but it will be a Big Ten game. So, and Michigan hosts Texas in week two. So, uh, really interesting here. But just great, uh, great games yesterday. A lot of dramatics, and uh, on to the final. I'm I'm not being result oriented as I'm watching the game. I'm like, why why are they running plays instead of just taking a knee? Uh, and because I mean, it, there you go. You get a guy hurt, and it stop, gives them a free timeout. There's Texas has no chance uh, if they just take a knee and get the ball off. But I, I do not want that to overshadow unbelievable coaching job again by Kalen DeBoer. I mean, in a one game spot, uh, I he's my guy. He is my guy. We talked about it before in the uh, Pac-12 championship game, Bruce. I mean, he <laughs> he is not afraid of the big stage. He is very yes. It was you know he won't do it again. I'm sure that same way if it's in now, how likely is it to be the exact circumstances? Not, not much, but similar. It could come up. Uh, but I mean, this guy is 10 and 0 against ranked teams and the his teams play aggressive. I mean, he is, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, they, they, there was some talk about Brian Kelly, maybe going to Michigan. If why in the hell would they not go get this guy? If they wanted him, I mean, I, I think he is the real deal. And again, yes, it was flawed at the end. It proved that way. You say, what's the chance of the guy fumbling? Okay, what's the guy? We've seen that before, Mario Cristobal and Georgia Tech, Miami. What's the, uh, the chance of the guy getting hurt? Well, no risk is better than low risk. But uh, this guy is 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 really really strong on a big stage and such. It's still at an early stage of his head coaching career. Yeah, and, and the guy I want to be is his agent right now because he's looking at either a nice renegotiation or a big deal somewhere else if somebody can pull him away from Washington. I thought this last year, and uh, 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 Paul and Jimmy, I mean, we might have been talking about this back in the summer, but. I thought that was the best hire made a year ago in the Pac-12. He cost Washington about half what SC paid for Lincoln Riley. And you can look at the results. I mean, you know, he's a something special. Paul made an interesting point there a minute ago. And I used to write about this at the Gold Sheet for many years. Championship games, and this applies to the NFL too. Now, we've had some better championship games lately, but historically, there have been blowouts championship games. Paul mentioned those numbers in the college championship game. A lot of one-sided games. I mean, not all 65-7 last year, but oftentimes these things turn out to be lopsided, even though they rarely look like it. In the NFL, I mean, I wrote about that too. A lot of them. The biggest blowout in NFL history was the 1940 championship game with Chicago and Washington. A couple of thoughts, though, that just jump out at me uh, after last night. And even in the run-up to the game, uh, doing some other shows uh, elsewhere around the country uh, and talking to people. The thought was, we'll talk about Harbaugh's future. And, um, well, he wants to stay at Michigan and win all the championships like Bo Schembechler did. Bo Schembechler did not win a national title at Michigan. I mean, he came close. He was a top 10 mm-hmm. team most of the time. And things broke differently. Maybe 1973 he would have won, but he never did. The only title they have the last 75 years since Benny Oosterbahn's 1948 team when he took over for Fritz Chrysler from the year before. The only Michigan national title team in 75 years was that split title Lloyd Carr had uh, back in 97 um, with uh, Nebraska that year. So it's not like they have a parade of of wins of national championships there. Uh, Harbaugh's sort of uh, charting his own own course if he wants to stay. One other note, uh, and I can't help watching this but feel a lot of sadness, though, um, at the demise of the Pac-12. And 
Paul Stone might be able to relate to this a little bit because he was around, and Jimmy, you remember it too, uh, and Paul for sure does, when the Southwest Conference broke up in the mid-90s like that. Uh, but for the Pac-12 and the history of this league, it's really hitting a lot of us now that this is actually going to happen. And a, a, like a bad dream, and for people who grew up on the Pacific Coast and watched this league for decades and decades and all the history – Really, you know, it, it's it's really a, a shocker to see what's happening. It's really coming home to roost watching the, the basketball season unfold, too, because the Pac-12, the way the schedule works out with the travel partners, it's such a perfect fit the way it, it goes. And that's mm-hmm. all going away. And so and you mentioned that about next, uh, you know, next year we've got uh, Michigan traveling up to, to Washington. Uh, we're going to have to get used to this new alignment. A lot of places, I mean, the Big 12 is going to be new, but the Pac-12 has splintered. And I mean that it feels in a way for me, I mean, even worse than it did uh, when the Southwest Conference broke apart, because this this really is starting to hit now. Everybody out here who's followed right. this league for decades, it, it would be ironic if the 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 last year when the league blows up, yes. uh, it's you know they win the whole thing where they hey they just won their first game uh, in the college football playoff. And yeah, Bruce, forever we had uh, you know lopsided uh, Super Bowls, and I think that's because of the stage and the buildup sure. and the you know everything is you know is magnified uh, in yeah. uh, on that big stage. And you see some teams do some things out of character, maybe tr- play uh, try some gadget plays that backfire on them, and it snowballs. And so you know it's uh, finally. But these two came down to the very last play. So, uh, but the other thing I'll say one thing. The uh, the expanded conferences, we're getting better games. We're getting better games in in college football. Uh, and you know, instead of just being strapped uh, to the uh, you know the the Big Ten uh, Western Division and some of those things. How about I was still looking to try and score against a ranked opponent. But anyway, so uh, it, it's uh, in, in leadership. It's just that simple. And we cannot we cannot force people in different parts of the country to have a passion about something they just don't have. I mean, and so, you know, just you can say what you want. Some some places are just uh, providing more resources. They're putting their money where their mouth is, and we'll see what happens uh, with the uh, the Pac-12. But Bruce, you should know out of anybody. I mean, Stanford's, what, top five in the country, and they can't sell out against Notre Dame, you know, with Andrew Luck. So, I mean, sometimes you just can't force people in different parts of the country. But to have a little bit of success certainly builds some interest and some passion along the way. So, hey, I think it's a Kale and DeVore and uh, Michael Penix's two-headed monster. Don't forget, get extra value this football season with Bet River Squares. You can win up to $10,000 in bonus money. Bet $10 in same-game parlays on any game with the Squares icon to earn a square. All right, the line is 4.5, Paul Stone, you have the honor. You go first. Well, you know, you, you look at this Washington team. First of all, looking at this game, it's going to be critical, I, I think, for, for all of us, and we'll all be following it closely, is going to be the availability of Dylan Johnson, you know, who rushed for 1,100 yards uh, for, for the Huskies this year and provides some balance to that uh, high-octane passing attack. So I think it's critical Dylan Johnson's there and, and able to play. I'm concerned that he perhaps won't be, but that's just kind of a gut feeling. And not only in the run game, in the pass protection game. I mean, this is a Washington team. People talk about this year when they won the Joe Moore Award, they gave up 11 sacks. They gave up seven sacks last year. So they've given up 18 sacks, a total of, over the last two seasons in their last 27 games. So .67 sacks per game, that's not a whole lot of pressure on uh, Michael Penix Jr. So I think Dylan Johnson, uh, his availability is critical. But, you know, you you look at it, uh, again, from Washington's perspective, first of all, they've won now 
21 straight games dating back to the middle of the 2022 season. You mentioned Kalen DeBoer, 10-0 straight up versus AP top 25 teams. And also Kalen DeBoer, uh, as an underdog, stints at Fresno State and now Washington, 8-1 against the spread as an underdog. Seven of those eight games, those covers, his team won outright. So Kalen DeBoer, very uh, proficient, very productive in the uh, uh, role of the underdog. Um, you know, Penix Jr., I, I think it'll be interesting to see if he um, gets a little more involved in the running game. It doesn't take but one or two runs to make a difference. He's not going to run it 10 times or anything like that, but he ran last night three times for 31 yards, had one particular run that stands out in my mind. We've got a uh, obvious contrast in styles here. Again, I think Michigan's going to run the ball. Obviously, they're going to mix in the pass. They're going to run the ball with uh, the running backs, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. Uh, I think McCarthy's going to run the ball a little bit too to, to give them a little more offense. But I think uh, no revelation again, but I think Michigan wants to uh, shrink the game. You know, the difficulty from Michigan's perspective with that great defense is defending those three receivers, the Dunze, uh, McMillan, and uh, Polk. They're better equipped, clearly, than Texas to deal with those three guys, but nobody's going to shut them down. The Wolverines, though, on the average, giving up a total of 5.8 yards per pass attempt this year to rank fifth nationally in that statistical category. But those numbers not accomplished against the likes of uh, Michael Penix Jr. and these receivers. You look at Penix Jr., 56 of 77 in his last two games, essentially national championship elimination games. So he's hit 73% of his throws for 747 yards in these last two victories, 9.7 yards per attempt. And you know, you guys watch these games. A lot of college quarterbacks, they elevate that pass completion percentage by all this dink and dunk and these 18-inch forward pitches and stuff like that. Penix and Washington, they throw the ball downfield. And his accuracy when he's on, and he's been on the last two games after kind of a late-season dip, when he's on, I mean, it's like artistry in motion, that left-hand delivery and just putting the ball in the spots he put it in. And I'm not saying Texas did a great job of blanketing those receivers last night, but they had barely tight coverage on some of those throws. I mean, he was putting it in pretty narrow window, so he's playing at a high level. You want to think Washington is going to be there, but my inclination right now, and I'll go ahead and put it out there since that's what we, we do on this show, uh, I'll take uh, Washington plus the four and a half. I would probably, uh, you know, maybe wait a little bit because it, it might go up. I don't think it's going below four. I don't know that it's going to get to six. I think it's going to stay in that uh, that window there. But uh, we've got four and a half right now about Bet Rivers. 21 straight victories for the Huskies. I'll take the Huskies plus four and a half. And this is a right after, Paul, you uh, really loved Washington uh, in, the, in the Sugar Bowl against Texas in the semifinals. So uh, one of you, you, you said it, one of your stronger plays uh, of the year. Uh, here's Dylan Johnson, okay? And, and even last night, if you only watched last night, he is the guy they trust in short yardage situations. Now, he got stopped a couple of times on fourth and one. They got stopped. Uh, and also third and three at the Texas seven, they stopped and had to kick a field goal. But second and goal at the one touchdown. First and goal at the two touchdown. And then even at the game, they trust him with ball security the most as well. So, no, DeBoer will figure something out if he's not going to play. But, um and man, if he couldn't get off the field in that situation, I got to think. It's, I'm, I'm worried whether or not uh, he'll be available uh, for this game. So, and yes, 
he's done it all year. Well, most of the year, minus those those little slip ups where even where they didn't have a uh, an offensive touchdown against Arizona State. And uh, but man, he puts he hits guys on the move in stride in tight windows. I mean, the pace he's decisive. He it, it's a it's a two headed monster between he and DeBoer. DeBoer's design in his execution, and also as far as his NFL he's NFL mentally prepared to maybe it's the injuries but he doesn't look to run he's averaged two rushing attempts that could be scrambles I mean very few design runs but a little bit in the Pac-12 game had a couple of design runs and short yardage last night you saw picking their spot a little bit short so really picking their spots because they do not want him to uh, suffer another injury so Paul's in on the Huskies plus four and a half Bruce how do you see it well uh, you know Jimmy what when I look when I look at this, um, you know, you, you you brought up something interesting there about uh, uh, the number of plays that Michigan has in its games. Uh, you know, averaging one twenty two. I mean, that's uh, Air Force like. So um, that that just shows how they run the football and how they control the line of scrimmage, and that's that's something that um, uh, that has slowed the pace of the games down. But I, like I said, I, I think McCarthy can probably do more than they're asking him to do. Um, you know, he can get the ball downfield when he wants to, he can move. He's, he's awfully, awfully good. Uh, and I think he's going to probably work out okay in the NFL. What gets me here about Washington though, is I have not seen a downfield passing game like that in college football this year, for sure. Maybe in many years. I mean, they go deep and Penix, by the way, I mean, he can, he can move if he wants to, he's not Max Johnson back there. I mean, he can get out and move if he needs to move, but I mean, with Odunze and the rest, I mean, they really get the ball downfield. There is no comparison between what they can do passing game wise as what uh, Jalen Milrow and Alabama couldn't do in the Rose bowl on Monday. So it's a different sort of a challenge for Michigan there. And I think you guys have touched on some points here. Dylan Johnson's availability, very important. By the way, that reminded me just a little bit of Riley Leonard Duke getting hurt at the end of that game. And he didn't, that play didn't have to happen. And there it was, and this, this could really end up costing Washington, but, uh, they can make some adjustments. Um, uh, DeBoer can schematically, I think, Johnson being a good blocker, though, that also has helped out those Penix uh, pass protection numbers. And that is a real, I think, sort of the difference in this game will be the things you guys have mentioned about protecting Penix. And Paul brought up some good numbers about how well only uh, 11 sacks this year, seven sacks last year. That's going to be very, very important uh, to give Penix's time. But I have a feeling, uh, looking at Washington, the way they were able to They've beaten uh, not only Texas last night, they've beaten Oregon twice. The offense has generally been able to work against uh, both of them. It's a different sort of team than what Michigan's had to play thus far this season. I'm kind of like Paul, leaning a little bit to Washington. I expect this number to stay in this range, four and a half, maybe five. I don't think it's going to get too much higher than that. I don't think it's going to go any lower. Uh, the totals what's got me a little interested here because mid fifties, uh, Michigan only went over this twice, but I think throw that out because a lot of those Big Ten teams they played uh, nothing close. The Ohio State game did get to fifty four, um, so this one you know I think is a better chance to go over, but I'm not uh, quite as uh, sure about that as I was some of these other totals in the uh, in the bowl games thus far. But I'm leaning like Paul a little bit to the Huskies right now. Uh, we'll see about the total. And uh, by the time we do radio on Friday, Jimmy, I'll have a better idea on that probably. <laughs> well, you know, Jim Harbaugh went back to his roots and something that he employed both at uh, yeah. San Francisco and at Stanford, going to a line of scrimmage team. 
And that's where this kind of yeah. this is a, it's a great uh, tempo, a great stylistic matchup as well. I mean, you got a high level passing attack, you know, wide open, could strike at any point to a real, I mean, a really good line of scrimmage team on both sides of line of scrimmage. I mean, it does, even on the final play, the Milrow play, you watch the end drive the tackle all the way back into Milrow and, you know, make the initial contact. I mean, one, that doesn't happen to usually to Alabama offensive linemen. And two, that's just a, a sign of Michigan, how strong they are up front. Stylistic, a great matchup. And one thing I know is that DeBoer is going to be just fine on the big stage. I am overly impressed. Yes, at the end, it was flawed, you know, and trying to not take a knee and uh, an, an unnecessary risk, even as low of a risk as it was. So I think we're all on the same page here. I think we're like the Huskies uh, barking uh, in Houston for the national championship game. Guys, great stuff. We appreciate it all year. Tons of information, angles, situational angles as well. We'll, uh, we'll be doing some stuff, uh, sort of some uh, handicapping uh, theory type of stuff, sharing some of our approaches, whether it's creating our own power numbers or just situational handicapping, trends where which are stick and which don't, streaks the whole bit uh, during the offseason as well. It's been a great college football season. Bruce Marshall, I appreciate you. Paul, Paul Stone, excellent job. Again, I'm Jimmy Ott here in the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.